0: Hello there! You're listening to Local Bops, a music podcast about artists, community, and craft. And I'm your host, Connor Beckett. Repeat listeners of this program will know that my guests tend to be solo acts who have been working towards a singular sound over the course of several years. But on this episode, I'm chatting with Omelas, an upstart, six-piece, psych-crust outfit who's fresh on the scene, yet has already arrived at a confident, identifiable sound. Their first single, and to date only released track, Blood Orange, came out in the middle of last year. Yet I was immediately entranced by the song's swaggering energy, boasting a contemporary psych sound replete with playful unison and technicolor textures. After hearing the track and seeing Omelas perform live, I knew we had to have this novel outfit on the bops program. Thankfully, Omelas were kind enough to invite Bilko and me into the studio as they work on their first proper release. To that end, we talked about process and influence, the short history of this brand new band, their cross disciplinary approach that incorporates classical music and theater into their music, and of all things, salad. And interspersed among our chaotic, free roaming interview, the band was kind enough to grace us with live performances of three unreleased tracks. Enjoy! Let's talk about the genesis of Omelas as a project. You know, tell me if you could, the skinny about how this group came together under one roof to form this band. And I guess, you know, it was sort of a bridged history of the band, if you will, as it relates to your formation in the great city of New York and possibly your acquaintance in other cities, if you will.
1: Well, I moved to Brooklyn and uh, a little bit over a year ago and uh, had a bunch of songs that I wanted to work on. Um, and then Tamar and I started dating <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and she was the first person in the band. Um, our former bass player. Um, yeah. yeah <laughs> 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 and, uh, pretty much like Tamar found like everybody else except for Will, our drummer, who, uh, we are like just friends with in the local music scene, I guess, or our sub sect of the local music scene. Cause there's a lot of them. There are many local
0: music scenes. That's something we try to emphasize on this show. Like, yeah. Like when, yeah. whenever anyone talks about like... No
1: the... no one person is the music scene.
0: Yeah. Nor is there a singular music scene exactly. at all. Like yeah. You know, it's yeah. like like Brooklyn is like, I don't know. It, I could uh, probably name 40 distinct scenes if I really, really tried yeah. it at it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it on this show. I think but... we're like the...
1: We, we fall... Or at least our friends, like we fall into the category of like the crusty punk scene is mm-hmm. like what I call... <laughs> how would I oh, call it? Was,
2: like... This is news to me. The
1: overarching yeah. umbrella, but like but there's more of the
3: like psych
1: Well not like not like Shadow Daddy, but like Shadow Daddy is not crusty punk.
3: Crusty psych. Crusty psych. Krusty yeah,
1: crusty psych. psych maybe
0: is a better is psych. better that term. That doesn't sound psych as crust. good
3: as I thought it was gonna sound when I said that. Yeah. No,
0: no. We can workshop it. Let's let's workshop it right now, if we will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, crust psych. Crust will. rock. Crust rock. <laughs> crust psych yeah know, that's your job to define Toilet it, though, rock. all right oh shit well yeah Sorry. look at me no it's okay, <laughs> okay. thin crust
2: yeah thin crust
1: rock. but that but that's the short and skinny of it i mean nothing uh nothing crazy we just um have been lucky enough to find a group of musicians who are really good and enjoy the music and want to experiment and try to do something with it
0: well it's interesting we talk about like you know all of you sort of gravitating towards one another um, because I really feel like the sound that you have arrived at with this single and like you know what I've heard from live performances as well uh, you know y- y'all are very confident for a band that is like really kind of getting your footing which is something to be applauded in some regard but I was curious how you sort of uh, you know emerged at like the sound that's at the center of Blood Orange I, I understand Dan I know like a lot of this is uh, is your direction but I like you know I was curious if we could just talk a little bit more about uh, cross collaborative uh processes as it relates to the recording of this first single in particular Ooh. um
1: well blood orange was actually recorded before omalos was a thing oh really yeah. yeah it was recorded it it was a bedroom recording mm. and i didn't i didn't used to be a recording mixing person like a you know recording engineer in any sense um but i had some of these songs and you know blood orange for example and um i really just wanted to learn how to make it sound good Mm -hmm. because texture in sound is very important i feel like yeah you can have a great composition but you know the i don't know the, the 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 texture of sounds uh can add a lot of meaning to it so yeah yeah but that was just recorded in uh my bedroom back when i lived in flatbush and uh Annoyed the fuck out of my roommate, and my neighbors. Um, yeah, that 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 took like three months to mix, and I have vowed never to
0: do that again. Vowed never to do uh, in vowed, three,
1: three months for one song. Too long. Too long. Too you, long. You would say well, twelve that, I hours mean, max.
0: Well, there's beauty to be found in the details, if you will. Like you know, I mean. Yeah, like,
1: yeah, but it, it's also a thing. Oh, you, you can fit say. a lot of details in yeah. twelve hours. <laughs> there's too too many hours.
4: Yeah, that was me and Dan's first collaboration
1: that's true yeah. yeah we were doing vocals yeah we were doing vocals um just in the bedroom coming up with harmonies and stuff and uh tamara taught me a lot about giving a good vocal take she taught me a lot of tips actually um specific to recording which were which was really cool i've never heard that before
4: yeah i remember you were having trouble like like pronouncing the lyric like getting the the vocation the Enunciation. enunciations. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I basically was like you have to write them out when you're writing out the lyrics. I think you saw right write
1: right out the sounds. Yeah, write out, right out the, the sounds. sounds. So you know,
4: like so. the lyrics I sent you, Connor, yeah. like that's what it is. That's why the words look really weird. Yeah. Um but yeah, that was one of the things. And so then we like worked on harmonies and stuff.
0: Yeah, almost like an I like you know international phonetic alphabet approach to like yeah. diction, <laughs> yeah, if you will. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. What? Yeah, no. I had to, well, uh, bringing that sort of. I I kind of get the sense that there's like you know. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. If there's, a, you know, not at least one person with a theater background in this room. Yeah. Uh, oh, several. Oh, several. There we go. Who are who bring that sort of showmanship to uh, to this band? Uh, oh, yeah. if, if I'm if am I correct? I mean, I'm a theater, yeah. I'm a I'm a former theater kid. So you know, I'm like it's like a one drop of blood, like a shark. You know? Do you understand that metaphor? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, honestly, never heard that one before. But
1: um, but uh, yeah, no showmanship is. I think pretty much from day one, when this core group got formed um, was an emphasis showmanship is, and we're still working towards that, I think. Um, Yeah,
5: I think, and going back to what you were saying before, like a lot of the kind of honing in on the sound happens in the recording space. And me personally, this is the first band I've been in. So the showmanship, definitely the theater background helps, but kind of being comfortable with my instrument and and, um, getting into that headspace is is, largely taken place here um, and that's like a big focus oh, of ours good. when we rehearse. I'm very happy to hear it's that. It's to kind of let loose and have that energy. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I'm interested in like, you know, uh, this is something that, uh, you know, I hadn't gleaned from, you know, when I was preparing the questions for this, but it's interesting to hear about this sort of cross-disciplinary approach that seems to be at the core of Omelas's as, as a project, right? I mean, like, you know, you're bringing a degree of, you know, traditional, indie rock performance and sort of like you know classical as well as like sort of you know classically trained musicianship to this as well as theater and uh and you know a certain je qua, certain panache if you will too and uh i'm more curious to like just sort of get into the specifics of how all these different disciplines uh meets and uh it seems sam based on what you just said to me that like you know they're really sort of emerging and coagulating in the studio if i if i'm correct
5: yeah i think uh, like like I was saying, a lot of it is just about letting loose and kind of figuring out what works for each one of us and figuring out how that works in a cohesive unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I how many of us have done theater?
0: Raise your hand four? if you've done theater, and I'll call it out. All right, so we four got, out we got of six. In the room that's
5: right that's a good chunk. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think just like everybody kind of has like a different musical and artistic inclination. Um, at the same time, we all appear to have pretty similar ones um
4: we all have excellent taste (laughs) yeah it
5: helps um yeah i don't know where i was going with this but i i think just kind of a lot of trial and error um, yeah for for a lot of the things um and a lot of just like really hammering things down when we figure
0: out what sounds good and what sounds right yeah no that's beautiful we'll get more into uh that sort of cross-collaborative and Uh, cross-disciplinary approach in a bit Um, but before we do that uh, i want to focus in on the first track that y'all have performed for us uh, for this episode of local bops which is entitled red eye i was wondering if we could get a couple of details before listeners bend their ears and give it a listen if you could provide some sort of preface about this track that might provide a a more illuminative (laughs) a loose illuminative of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Illuminating. (laughs) Illuminating. Thank you. Yeah, too many Pacificos. Uh, Illuminating details uh, to to listeners who might not be able to glean it from just listening to this track.
1: Red Eye was written, uh, I think around the start of the pandemic. And, uh, you know, it's... uh, Wait, how how did the lyrics go? Okay, yeah. It was written as a love song, um, obviously. And I wrote it for somebody I was seeing at that point um and that was like before um, like omelas like had even considered to be a thing in my mind um so that song was just written and i wrote it for this person um yeah yeah, i couldn't listen to that song for like a year afterwards (laughs) like even the demo i just i just couldn't listen to it because i would just like cry every time i would listen to it um didn't end well obviously but um when we brought it to the band, it like took a new life and the recorded version and maybe also the live version that we just played tonight, um, definitely has like a different, a different tone, a different feeling. And, uh, that really wasn't something I predicted or like could have even imagined, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just really nice to see it having a new life and having new meaning. Um, yeah, I like. But like, what else specifically? About oh no! It? So
0: yeah, just before we give it a listen, could you uh, just talk a little bit more about the differentiations between the demo version of this track and what we're about to listen to as listeners and oh yeah, um, hmm. that sort of new life that it undertook as you were as you were just describing.
1: I feel like the new life was added. Probably at a, at a certain point, I don't remember when it happened, but we tried to all do vocals at the same time. And um, I feel like it could be a bit of a consistent theme without, uh, throughout our songs, where when we're all singing at the same time and we all have our own you know, vocal harmonies and whatever, um, it, it really detracts, it, it, it takes away from the idea of it being like a singular experience and really makes it like uh, you know, a, a, a shared experience. Um, and I don't know, for me that's just like really powerful
5: yeah I mean I was just thinking uh before you said this as like a songwriter myself like when you take a song that is so like personal to you and you have other people come in and play it like that's automatically kind of going to give it a, a new life and give yeah. it a new breath yeah and, um, I, and I'm with everybody happy else being it's there. taken on that that new life yeah I'm
1: yeah I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about that
0: Omelas performing red eye here at bad jack studios speaking of this is kind of a first for bilko and i usually we're doing stuff in a slightly more minimalist recording environment so uh we're very happy to be here with omelas in uh on your home turf if you will can you tell me a little bit about where we are right now and uh i don't know paint a bit of a word picture for listeners at home who obviously don't have the benefit of a visual stimuli of you know the room that we're in right now well we're in
1: Bad Jack Studios, we're looking, we're, we're, we're in the control room right now, mm. which is uh, where all that good sonic stuff goes to. Uh, we've got a lot of screens, we've got a tape machine, a lot of lights and knobs and speakers, and it's very comfortable.
0: And how did we end up here?
1: Uh, well, this is where we rehearse and record. Um, I sort of work here. Um trying to build a studio. This used to be the studio as far as, as as far as I know, this used to be the studio that um who was it? Of Montreal and Arcade Fire recorded their like early early stuff in. Oh wow. um, awesome. like, yeah, yeah. Early early stuff. So like before they were, you know, big. Um, for some reason by the waterfront in Brooklyn, this was the center of Canadian indie pop. <laughs> Oh, is that Sean? Yeah. Okay. Well, the person who just peeked their head in was uh, Sean who works. Uh, it's a communal studio space. Uh, he works uh, very closely with uh, TV on the radio. Mm. Um, and Jaleel also works here, who's the drummer for TV on the radio. Um, it's a shared studio space. So I call sort of the, the live band section Bad Jack. Mm -hmm. and then uh the more electronic uh production you know uh hip-hop side of stuff is s1 studios which also does a lot of good work got it yeah Yeah.
0: man i i I was bummed that uh sean made his way out of here so quickly i would have loved to have gotten a cameo he's been here for a while yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's
1: been here for a while
0: um so i have a bit of um uh how how do i phrase this it's a stupid question yeah that's uh that's the best way to phrase this i have a stupid question for everyone that i want to ask um and it's based on the band bio that uh, is present on y'all's Facebook as well as your Bandcamp page. Uh, you know, your Bandcamp bio describes this project as musicians in desperate need of salad and religion. So let's <laughs> let's fast forward to five years from now. Omelas are doing a nationwide tour, and you've partnered with Sweet Green, like Charlie D'Amelio did with Dunkin' Donuts, to provide a signature new item for their menu. What would go into the Omelas salad?
1: Samara, you should totally take oh this my God.
4: one. Yeah, I've been a line cook for many years.
1: Oh boy. Um <laughs> the
0: can I I salad. At least one Omelas. Yeah, please,
4: please.
5: Goat cheese. Blood orange.
4: Oh, duh. Okay. Oh. I got I got some elements. Alright,
0: so so we got two already. We got we got goat cheese, we got blood oranges.
4: Yeah, we got goat that's cheese. It. That's it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Yummy yummy. Uh, <laughs> uh We gotta add some crunch. What kind of nuts do we like in our salad? You like walnuts. 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 I like pecans. I like a good roasted cashew. Roasted mm. cashews. Is that basic?
5: Pistachios. I think walnuts are are pecans. P. Got me saying it weird now. Pecans. 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 Pecans are
4: the bird peanut.
5: What? Yeah. What bird?
4: The ones with the giant toucans. Toc- Wait, what? No, but there is a Tocans? pecan bird.
3: Are you thinking right? of um, puffins? You're com- are you combining pelicans and toucans right now? <laughs> 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 pelicans. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm also sorry, sorry.
4: Will is a bird enthusiast. I'm also a bird enthusiast. <laughs> I'm a bird
3: enthusiast. I've never heard so of yeah, them. So are we going to have yeah, a, yes, bird a bird in the salad enthusiast.
5: to them? What? A chicken
3: perhaps? No. Basically, it's right. an eclectic salad full of many genres and tastes.
4: Yeah, it's a genre genreless salad. So far, all sal- we have is fruit, cheese, salad. and nuts. <laughs> genre-
5: what kind of sal- greens?
0: What kind of? Yeah, no. Let's say thank, like thank new, you. American
4: yeah. cuisine, right? new American cuisine. New okay. American
0: cuisine, because
4: that's pretty like.
5: I'm I'm just gonna make an executive decision and say please kale. Do. kale.
0: Kale.
4: Oh yeah, man. Okay. Of course, we love kale. Kale has that crunch.
0: And let's top it all off with a dressing of some kind.
4: lemon vinaigrette there we go classic it's the best one super easy you gotta do you know lemon salt olive oil. So, it's to, any, so to anyone listening
0: at home, you can now make yourself an omelas salad uh, yeah. using, uh, <laughs> parsing parsing the directions that you just got from the van yeah. right here. And this is the official it. salad, no take backs, of, uh, <laughs> of omelas. It's on, the, actually... it's on the radio. This is the part I won't redact, uh, you know, this is- uh, We're gonna single-handedly tank sweet green. <laughs> <Yes>.
5: <laughs>
4: Good.
0: <laughs> anyway.
4: This is actually very similar to a salad that was on a menu I made. Um, <laughs> kale, goat cheese, blood orange,
1: walnuts um.
0: coincidence <laughs> that's for you to decide I don't know how that would taste
5: on a salad What? coincidence <laughs>
0: <laughs> can we move on <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, hard, pi- hard pivot from the salad question uh, your musical pedigrees extend well beyond the music we hear in live performances as well as on the single uh, Leo it's my understanding that you're well accomplished in the oud Right, I own an oud. You own an oud. <laughs> would but, you would you not describe yourself as accomplished in 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 your musicianship?
6: Um, well, there aren't a lot of oud players in so by default. New York at least. Okay. So the standard is really
0: really low. Yeah. So that suits me really well. Yeah. Beyond that, Mave, yes. bass clarinet. Yes. Yes uh will you have your own solo project that is uh it's more more acoustically based and a little bit more on the quieter side that's correct um son of jacob son of jacob yes i'm apologizing if i'm missing anything else of notes um this is what i gleaned from my research this all but this all goes into a question that i want to ask which is in line with that are there any other sounds or sonic textures from your own individual experiences as musicians that you're kind of keen on bringing to this project something a little bit more off kilter uh, that might not normally find its way into your, you know, cookie cutter indie rock Brooklyn band, if you will.
6: Dan is pointing at me. Oh yes, um, yeah. Um, I like to use um, I try. I'm trying to use like some Turkish and Arabic scales um, in uh, some of our songs. There's this um, one song that Dan wrote called uh, "Both," which stands for Blood on the Bread on the Horizon. Bread on the horizon. we got to put bread in the salad. Um, <laughs>
4: croutons. But,
6: but yeah, um, the uh, Arabic skill, Hejaz, works croutons. super well over Bright it. Ball. And uh, I get to play a Hejaz fill in it. I love that. Yeah. It's my moment of glory. Isn't
1: yeah. Isn't Figured It Out also written in Oh, hijaz? yeah. Figured
6: It Out is also in Hejaz.
1: Accidentally. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's no, Hejaz yeah. within us all. Maybe, maybe Leo's influence just like from being in the band has now made us... Write more songs in that uh, with that with that kind of flavor added
0: to it. Yeah.
2: Well, that's how Leo and I actually formally met was in a Turkish music ensemble. This oh, wha- college. okay.
0: Please elaborate. Like, and I need to hear more about
2: a this. Turkish music ensemble <laughs> in college. Um We both went to a teeny tiny cult liberal arts school in Vermont. Um,
0: Bennington. Do you want to college or should I?
2: Bennington College. Hey, yeah. Did you're you oh, mean that from your research. Maybe you're as well? saying it
0: wrong. No, it's no. Uh, a Bennington. Bennington. A Bennington? Yeah. A yes.
2: Bennington.
6: They, um, I think you used the word earlier, what is it? Cross-disciplinary. A cross-disciplinary
2: yeah. is a big buzzword at Bennington. Yeah. The, uh, it's the major motto, I believe it goes on our diplomas as well, or at least is in all of the like speeches at commencement, is um, that education should be regarded as a, as a sensual and ethical, no less than intellectual process. Oh. Mm. <laughs> um, sensual Central. being the key word there. Um, wow. Yeah, sensual, almost 100 years Was running.
1: It? Was it a sensual experience? I would consider experience? my
2: education sensual, yes. Mm. Um, I've I taken know. a fair How number of Kitty Brazelton describe- classes, so yes. <laughs> yeah, we had a, a pretty eclectic assortment of music professors, some of which are based in the equally eclectic New York City yes, experimental true. scene. Um, so that definitely kind of informed both of our approaches to music, I would say. Yeah.
0: Let's turn our attention to the next song, Soft Shake Wham. What can y'all provide as a preface to this next performance in terms of what we're about to hear? slash what this song is about. Also, if you could focus in on the lyric that I've had stuck in my head since your performance at Bushwick Public House, which is Shotgun Mike's Kill Kindness with Precision, I would love a little bit of a additional context uh, if you could provide
1: it. KGB. The KGB. The KGB. Uh, No, I have no idea where that lyric came from, but it sounded really good. I think I was just thinking about microphones. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh Sopshake wham is uh the titular track off our upcoming ep um <clears throat> i kind of forget what it was written about i got scammed a few times yeah that was it i got scammed because i'm a sucker and uh i think it was sort of written about like my feelings about that as every song is written about feelings um yeah it's uh that that, that that was definitely a new one for us uh, especially experimenting with like trying to fit different uh, sections together um, it was sort of inspired by um, oh, what's that fucking band? Uh, B-52s a little bit of parquet courts in it as well and then also trying to marry like some kind of uh, four on the floor hmm. disco electronic type stuff with I don't know, it's just a lot, of, a lot of different influences. The final section of the song we wrote together, I think, uh, especially the vocal harmonies and whatnot. We did? Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> just, say, <laughs> just, just say yes. I yeah, was just, just gonna say,
3: me. I knew that there was a bunch of theater kids in this band when I heard that song <laughs> for the first time, because um, it's theatrical. I think it's like, I don't know, little three act thing going on there, takes you on a journey. Brings you back to the start, so I was like, "Wow, this is we're op we're operating in some, you know, some operatic territory here." I say that because I was the last person to join, um, but yeah,
5: yeah. I mean, w- I think we learned it after we had learned Blood Orange and then Red Eye, which are both, I mean, amazing songs and like very not to toot our own horns, but um, mm-hmm. like not not too late, not not technical, <laughs> but not nearly as technical as Soft Shake is. So yeah, when when we listened to that for the first time, I was pretty floored. Um, and that was kind of like the first venture into Dan's abyss of, of just crazy the technical, new, the new sound, well, super, kind of, yeah, like moving, not moving, like touching, but like in motion. Oh, well, and also
2: kind of our first venture into actually having to like learn a song and solidify it as a group, as opposed yeah. to the other ones. We all just kind of had individual parts when we came, and it's easy enough to kind of paste them together. But Softshake has so much going on that yeah. it yeah. really was our first like real collaborative effort
1: yeah absolutely it took a while for us to learn that one but now it's for some weird reason one of the easier songs we play (laughs) you know um but i think that's just because we try to rehearse it so much um yeah you know there's like a little bit of uh, a mr blue sky there's that mr blue sky intro you're you you are know, speaking
0: my language if you're talking to
1: yeah yeah there's the mr blue sky intro but then there was the other intro which we wrote sort of before the pre-intro if you will uh that we wrote that tamar and i wrote together over the course of maybe a week or something trying different stuff out that song definitely went through like behind the scenes maybe like 12 iterations before it actually yeah. like each section solidified into
5: and we, we're well. still adding stuff to it. like we just added the harmony another harmony in the intro which sounds great
1: i'm so i'm so excited to hear it
0: yeah, yeah. let's give it a listen Omalas performing soft shake wham right here on the local bobs podcast. I just have a few more questions before we wrap up this very special episode, but I was just wondering if we could chat for a second and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about this, uh, about Ursula K. Le Guin, uh, for a little second, if we could, in her story, the ones who walk away from Omelas, which details a near utopian society and obviously bears resemblance, uh, if you will, to the band's name. um, I wanted to leave this one up to y'all um because i feel like there must have been some influence from that story uh albeit even if it's a minor one um but i was just curious how that story factors into the the ethos or the mythos sorry is the word i'm looking for of omelas as a project and uh i'll just let you take it from there
1: well i can tell you it's not from the uh k-pop band Mm. that's for sure because if you google omelas the two things which show up are ursula Le guin's short science fiction novel and uh i think a song which some k-pop band released or or something like that correct me if i'm wrong no, um no, that's that's what i gleaned as well yeah no but the name the name actually it, it's it's sort of it's a bit backwards actually the name came in a dream and then i tried to remember what the word was and i ended up on Omalos, and then i googled the short and then i like googled it obviously Interesting. um and then i read the short story and i was like this is perfect <laughs> yeah um thematically i don't know if it has many parallels to our uh to our bands but perhaps like we're performing or like we're we're, we're leading towards more of a collaborative community-based effort uh, which is something that I feel all of us try to do, also outside of the band, um, supporting our friends. You know, trying to create this uh, productive, energetic community. Um, so maybe it was a bit of, of a of a of a of a. Um, prediction or maybe a bit of a, like a prophecy or something
0: kind of a roundabout way of approaching it too i think it's like you know thinking about it in a dream and then approaching it again and r- and recognizing that s- recognizing that synergy between this this story that you had read and what you were doing as mm-hmm. individuals not only as artists but also in your you know individual capacities
4: yeah, yeah i mean i haven't read the short story myself i have read other ursula Le Guin stuff and a lot of sci-fi and like dystopian Arcadia butler octavia butler a lot of dystopian like post-apocalyptic kind of stuff and i feel like a lot a lot of our songs and like the album that we're working on has very much that vibe that tone and i personally love exploring that you know what's the future gonna look like is it gonna be like mad max is it gonna be like you know so i feel like our our sound very much resembles that um that vibe what do yeah, you think
1: yeah like imagining the future is is a lesson for the present i feel like and that's what um uh, uh what, what what's it called uh well i mean generally speaking like afro as a as a genre of writing no not sorry not Afrofuturism. um just futurism or? maybe just futurism no it's called it's called something it's called a uh,
4: like dystopic uh,
1: some right. something like that yeah you um, just go with
0: sci-fi as a catch-all you know? yeah
1: <laughs> sci-fi is yeah um speculative fiction that's mm, it there yeah. you go. speculative fiction as a genre is a way to sort of imagine the future um to kind of inform the present uh and what we do between now and then to either make sure that whatever our actions do don't have those consequences which are written in the story or uh, perhaps do, you know, if it, it, speculative fiction, is just speculative. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and, and like Tamar said, like the next album, there's like a lot of speculative fiction uh, influences, especially in terms of the lyrics. I don't know musically, I feel like it's, if you're exploring ideas like lyrically, sometimes it's better to present them in a way which is uh, familiar and kind of rooted in the past um so you can find some sort of middle ground
7: Mm -hmm.
4: i would say like musically like we are going in like a very like a darker electronic route um with some like medieval vibes
1: yeah we'll see what happens
4: (laughs) (laughs) yeah baroque medieval and like there's a lot of we're taking stories. retro to its
1: logical conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot
4: of like stories and films that like see the future as like the next medieval-esque age. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um.
1: why not pull from Baroque? You know.
4: Yeah. Yeah. We're
0: all we're already in these uh, quasi-feudal relationships with our employers as it as it is. Yeah. Uh, Dark not to, times. Not to get into that, but. Yeah. What wow, what a great what a great point to end this uh, interview on. <laughs> anyway, um, makes you think. Bom, yeah, bom, bom. yeah. It's, like I said before, it's it's not that deep, but it could be that deep if you want it to be
5: organized anyway, within your communities.
0: Organized within your communities, very well said. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. Omalas, thank you so much for taking the time to come on this podcast. Uh, my very last question for you is a two-parter that I asked all my guests, which is one: Do you have any parting words before we wrap this up? And two. What can you tell me about the final song that we're going to bend our ears and give a listen to, which is entitled Figure It Out?
1: This is awkward. Drama. Ooh, this is awkward.
2: A rivalry.
0: A rivalry. A A one-sided rivalry that the other party is unaware of. I, I know which band you're mentioning. You know, that's it, that's no, why you don't. I'm saying you have, it's awkward that you, no, have you, it, you have a one-sided um, rivalry with. But <laughs>
1: generally speaking, generally speaking, it's a bit of an eye-roll song about. Um, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> 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 it's about uh, other uh, groups in uh, the music scene, of which there are many. and this this song could be about any of them pedestals who think that they're the coolest shit and in fact just have a lot of money so that's what the song is about it's about privilege it's about yeah it's about uh you know many there are plenty of talented artists who literally cannot afford to get to the places that some mediocre bands are right now and um It's just a little bit of a comment on that, you know, saying, huh, guess you figured it out.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Local Bops. This podcast was recorded in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and produced by my friend and hollaback boy, Billy Coglin, a.k.a. Bilko. If you enjoyed these performances by Omelas, you can find all of their music at omelas.bandcamp.com. Be sure to also follow them on Instagram, at omelas underscore bk. You can find all episodes of the Local Bops podcast at localbops.com, as well as on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Additionally, you can hear the Local Bops Radio Hour every other Tuesday on KPIS.fm. Thanks for tuning in. Take care and Godspeed.